Hi, welcome to the Parenting Bridge podcast. I'm Dr. Michelle Alden, a licensed professional counselor, parent coach, and family therapist. And I'm here to help you to build a bridge to your best family possible. So the first thing that I want to talk about this week um, has to do with the first tip that I gave last week on creating a fence. And I talked a little bit about how a fence is to create safety and structure in the family. And a lot of times our parenting, especially as our kids get older, but even when they're little, it's kind of like we're chasing them around and we're pulling back. Um, I always think about like if you're, you have your dog on a leash and you're constantly trying to pull him back from running off instead of setting the parameters of what the expectations are. Um, so we don't want to have our kids on a leash or an, a chain. We want to create a fence that creates safety for our kids and in our families. Um, and one way that we do that is by setting up the expectations. And so that means that we have to know what we want to have happen. And last week I talked a little bit about how we tend to have the same problems in the same areas week after week. Like, oh my gosh, we've had this conversation 150 times. So when we look at that, we, we as the adults, whether we're educators or parents or grandparents, we need to look and see, take a step back and see what's happening. Why are we having the same discussions over and over? Why have we gone over that many, many times? And a lot of times we can find that we're just kind of reacting to what is happening over and over rather than responding. So in responding and in being intentional, I like to think about, you know, not only what the problem is or what the behavior is, but maybe what's driving that behavior. What is the child getting out of it? What, you know, um, and that means more than just thinking that they're getting to us or that they're trying to do something to us. We have to think beyond that. We have to realize that this, that behavior is communication and something is going on that they're trying to communicate or wanting us um, maybe out of a place of neediness, which can be really annoying when they want attention and this is how they get it by by having a problem. But it's looking at that as, as a need or communicating a need. And then realizing that if that's not the way that we want it to go, that we have to set up the parameters of making that a different conversation or a different way to make that go. So for example, if um, you're going to take your child to the grocery store, ends with some kind of a meltdown or you having to threaten them, <laughs> um, then what we're looking at is before you even go to the store, talking to your child about what the expectations are. Hey, we're going to go to the store and I need to pick up these things for the house. I am not going to be picking up any treats or toys. I'm going to get these items and I would like you to be with me and, you know, either sit in the cart or um, I had my kids stand, you know, around the cart, hold on to the cart when they were younger. Um, and up until their teen years, a lot of times I would think, why are all these kids around my cart while I'm trying to shop? And then I realized like, oh, I taught them that. But <laughs> um, I had to tell them it's okay. You can go look at other things. But it's setting those expectations ahead of time, letting the child know like what you expect their behavior to be. 
a lot of times with really uh, kids that tend to be a little bit more oppositional, sometimes I'll kind of throw a challenge in there of like, I know this is going to be really hard for you, or I know that this is not something that you want to do. And then a lot of times that kind of changes things because it turns out that they like being oppositional. And so they'll say in their minds, you know, like, oh yeah, I'll show you, I'm going to be, you know, really good and not do this thing that you think I'm going to do. In the setting those expectations, um, also you're going to let the child know like what, what is going to happen. So if it's a, if it's something that they don't want to do, um, I try to pair that with, um, we call it a preferred activity. Uh, so pairing a not a non-preferred activity with a preferred activity. So letting them know, um, we are going to go to the park, but we got to get this done first. And once we get this done, then we can go to the park. And so it's not a bribe where you're holding it out there. If you're good, then we're going to go to the park. It's like, no, we are going to go to the park. How much time we have at the park will depend on if we can get this done really quickly. So please help me out. Let's get this done quickly. Then when they start to, you know, ask for something or have that meltdown, you you already set this parameter. So you can just remind them, like, remember, I said, this is what we were getting today. We're not going to stop and get other things. And we want to get this done. Other part of setting that expectation is to also let them know that you're you're willing to trade maybe even getting that thing done if they can't behave. I'm not above leaving a cart full of groceries and having to just go home if that's what it's going to take. So, um, and you don't, you won't have to do that very many times. Usually I think once, <laughs> um, but it's that follow through. It's like, Hey, if you're going to have a meltdown, then we're just going to leave and we're not going to be able to go to the park or finish this task. So, so it's, again, it's staying out of, and it's a really fine line, but it's staying out of the bribing. We're not bribing them with going to the park or getting ice cream or buying them something, and we're not threatening to take it away. We're just letting them know, this is what I expect, and if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to be able to follow through with my end of it. So it's just, that's that's a big part of creating that fence. And how high those expectations have to be is really going to depend on on that that child what their issue is um and and how i always think about what kind of fence you want to build so some kids are really challenging and you have to really set those expectations um when i first adopted my son i actually didn't even um take him into stores um and put those challenges there for quite a while until i knew that we were going to have the kind of behaviors like that. I knew that he could follow through with my expectations. So the thing I really like about this as a as a parent or an educator is it makes us have to really think about what we're doing, what we're saying, why we're repeating ourselves, you know, things like that, um, and really think about what it is that we want out of this. And it, I found that it kind of held me to the line too. If I said I was going to go into the store and I was going to get these items. Um, I had to kind of stay in that structure too, um, just to set a, a good example was what I looked at it. But you can also, you know, if, if things are going really well, it's okay to do that random, you know, like, hey, you are doing great. I am going to get you something or I am going to do this, you know. So, um, you know, I like to throw those in every once in a while. I call it the slot machine mentality. You know, part of what keeps us in there is not knowing when we're going to get that payout right so 
Um, I like to use those payouts in that way. It kind of builds more um, like, wow, I never know what mom's going to do. But if you use that as a bribe, then every time you go to the store or do something, that's going to be the expectation that, you know, if I'm good, I'm going to get this. So you got to really know who you're dealing with and what you're dealing with. Part of the reason why is to explain, I didn't take my son to very many stores the first year that he came home was because I didn't know if we had that kind of relationship yet where I could um, know that I could say, hey, here's my expectations. Here's what we're going to do. I wasn't sure if he was going to have some issues with with being in the store. And so we just kind of um, kept those really short and um, didn't do that that much. And then, you know, after he was doing really well and I knew that that wasn't going to be an issue, then I could take him take him to the store and let him know, but I still like to set those parameters and expectations. So another part of creating the fence that I wanted to talk about, and this goes into some questions I had this week about um, just uh, routine and why we do that, and um, and specifically routines around difficult times of the day, has to do with, um, it has to do with setting, with building that fence and really, and really looking at what we want that to look like. Um, most kids struggle um, when they're little and sometimes all the way till they're older um, with bedtime. And so that's one place where you can set up a routine. It means that when you're first teaching that, when the kids are first learning that, it's not going to always go very well. There's going to be times when it's hard and when they're not getting it and when it feels like it's not working. But I want to remind you that a lot of parenting is teaching and reteaching and training. And so when I have parents tell me, you know, that they know better or they should know this, I, I kind of go back to like, maybe they should, maybe they shouldn't, but for some reason they're missing it and they're not getting it. And so what's the harm in teaching and reteaching and training it? Because when our mindset is you should know better it kind of puts a shame aspect in there and is more of a shaming in our parenting rather than a actual teaching. If I say, let me show you, that sounds a lot different than I've told you this a hundred times. So we can't even say those things in the same tone of voice. So really watch that in, in what you're conveying and what you're thinking about in that, even in those moments when you're frustrated, which is Another reason why I really like this whole concept of creating a fence is that this takes thought and it's not um, a knee-jerk reaction. Like you're you're thinking about your tone and and how you're going to create this in in your home and what you, it is you're trying to create. It has to be planned and thought out. So around those difficult times, you know, think about that. So um, what I do with my grandson, basically. Um, what I did with my kids, we set up a whole, I have a little routine that I do with him when I have him, I get him one night a week and um, we get home, we eat, we play. Um, and then after the playtime is done, this is this is where I was talking to a parent this week. Just because they have a lot of energy doesn't mean you're gonna wear them out before bedtime. When kids get tired, especially your more hyper kids, they get more hyper. So as you start, after you get done playing, after you, it's usually, you know, an hour before bedtime, you're going to start winding that down. You got to get them quiet in their minds. Um, 
when they're really little, you know, it's hard to know how active their minds are. But if you're having trouble with them getting more hyper, the more tired they get, this is what you're dealing with. So, so we're, everything is geared now from the time they're done playing to calming down. And so if you do a lot of wild play, um, you know, tickling, wrestling, all that kind of stuff, it's not going to wear them out. It will wear you out, but it will not wear them out. So this is where I start kind of calming it down. We come in, um, he takes a bath, he gets to play in the water. Um, that itself is calming, might have some milk. Um, and he's he's not really great at sitting for stories, but we're kind of working on that. But, you know, it's I'll let him play kind of quietly, but if he starts getting more ramped up and more hyper, he usually does it by getting into stuff that he doesn't normally get into anymore. Um, then I know he's starting to get tired and he's just kind of, um, you know how you just kind of feel at loose ends with yourself? Like you don't really know what to do with yourself. That's that's what I think that they're kind of feeling when they start ramping up. Um, my first son had um, some ADD type stuff, so I got to practice this a lot. So he got really tired and he'd get really hyper. So then, um, you know, I... Right now, because this is the only night I have him, you know, I don't know how solid this routine is going to work for him. But right now, I just have him, I go in his room with him, and he, this is when he has his bottle. And um, he usually drinks that, and then he, he does try to interact. But I'm pretty boring. I can be very, very boring when um, I want them to go to sleep, so I'm not very interactive. Um, I'll remind him to lay down, or it's night nighttime. If he starts crying... I will comfort him, um, but then I put him back in his bed. Um, usually, he's been okay with that. So, and I know it's a little different with each kid. I had um, five different types of babies when they were little, and so I know that they're a little bit different with each one of what they need. But the main thing is, is to kind of quiet things down and build that routine. And the same thing when you're building a morning routine before you kids go to school and we'll talk probably more about that when the when we get closer to school we don't want to think about school right now it's summer right so um just you know keep in mind that's what i want you to your takeaway is that you're really you're teaching you're reteaching you're training you're building kind of these habits and so it's going to be rough at first and they're not going to always get it and they may do it great for three weeks and then be you know have an off day or an off night and so but just remember that this is the boundary that you're, the fence that you're building. And so, you know, work in that. And I think that as parents, as educators, coaches, grandparents, you know, that maybe we need to ask ourselves some better questions instead of how do I get my child to stop doing X, Y, and Z, or how do I make them do A, B, and C? You know, maybe we need to figure out what's missing in that child's development because, um, even though we, even when we're there from the beginning, there's just things, you know, we don't all get everything the first time we learn it. And so sometimes there's just things that are missing in a child's development, especially our kids that come from hard places. There's these gaps. And I, I think they're like potholes. I've had some parents say, that's no pile, that's the Grand Canyon. But, you know, there are things that are, are missing there. And so sometimes we have to go back and reteach those things. When I see a kid doing the same thing over and over I know that they're not getting it because they they just they really are not getting it. And I I think that that helps me stay in that teaching mode. When I start thinking that they're doing something to me, that they're being manipulative, that they're 
you know, doing it on purpose. Um, it doesn't help me be a better parent. So it doesn't really help me to think that way. So I try and stay out of that. Um, and sometimes I'm successful. <laughs> and so, you know, that's, that's just something, you know, to think about is what's missing here. What am I missing? What are, what are they missing and what I'm telling them or trying to get them to do? So, you know, don't be afraid to be creative when you're thinking about that and, um, and trying things, um, and building those fences. Before we go, I just wanted to remind you that I have, um, a book, a series of books, and um, these are probably showing up backwards, but I can't help that. I don't know how to change that. Um, the first book is Southern Blend. It's a couple that meet and blend their families, and then the second books are after they adopt two boys from foster care. Oh, I was going through grad school when I wrote um, most of these books, and so it has a lot of family therapy in it. It's kind of best case scenario if we did these things, if we had the uh, ability to do things really well, you know, what, how would we do it and what would happen with the kids? Um, they're also, I think, a fun read and I enjoy the stories and the characters. So hopefully you will too. You can get the books on Amazon. Um, if you know me and want books, uh, I have copies. And you're monographed, which, you know, may or may not increase their value. The, the verdict's still out on that. So, Thanks for listening to The Parenting Bridge. Do you want to learn more about building a bridge to better behaviors? Pick up a copy of Dr. Michelle Alden's new book, Parenting Emotionally Distressed Kids. Or for more resources, you can click on the link for Healthy Foundations. If you would like to leave a comment or a question for Dr. Alden, there's a link in the notes. We'll see you next time. And remember, things can always get better.